You're listening to Politics Weekly. To uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency. One of them is uh, joining me today. We can survive all those systems. What's going to happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. Welcome back to Politics Weekly, episode 62. Uh, We are here today uh, with uh, Jeremiah Patterson from the Jeremiah Patterson Show. Uh, Thank you uh, for joining me, Jeremiah. I'm glad to be here. Um, So um, you want to tell people in your own words uh, about what you do on your show? I know I've been on your show before. You want to tell people... Uh, who maybe aren't familiar what you do on your show? So my podcast, uh, it's about news, politics, and presidential history. I started it on July 19th of 2018. I was interested. I got more interested in the politics. I already had been interested in the politics, but I just wanted to broaden my perspective a bit and get different people on the show. And uh, sometimes I cover presidential history and politics into one episode, but it's a really interesting show. All right. Well, let's just jump right into the news then. Uh, So the first big story uh, is uh, Joe Biden, former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, uh, may have lost his frontrunner status. Mm -hmm. According to the Real Clear Politics uh, Average, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren has overtaken uh, Biden as the number one candidate uh, running so far. That is as of this moment. Uh, What are your thoughts on Elizabeth Warren overtaking Joe Biden in polls? Well, I did hear about that earlier uh, this week as I was reading an article from Vox uh, that said Elizabeth Warren would become the new front runner. Uh, I think Joe Biden, uh, most of his voters, most of his voters, most of his voters has kind of went on to Elizabeth Warren. Uh, but she's also a very strong candidate. Many people are wondering if she would take that uh, that position as front runner now. Now it all depends on if the Democratic Party will nominate Elizabeth Warren as uh, the female candidate for president to be going up against President Trump. That'll be really interesting in the election. Um, okay. Anyways. Uh, so why don't we move on? Because uh, not only is Warren now the front runner, but she's apparently already uh, shopping around for a potential running mate should she win the Democratic nomination. Uh, apparently, this past weekend, uh, Warren met with former Tallahassee, Florida mayor uh, Andrew Gillum. If you'll remember, Andrew Gillum was the Democratic candidate for governor of Florida last year in 2018. Um, and now to the state, uh, Elizabeth Warren um, is, uh, uh, she has decided, or apparently she met with him, and according to reports, um, it was discussed uh, about him potentially being on the ticket with her. Uh, what are your thoughts on the potential for Andrew Gillum 
for a Warren Gillum uh, ticket? I think Andrew Gillum, uh, he's a really interesting candidate. I do believe that he ran in the 2018 midterm elections. Is that accurate? He did, yes. He was Democratic candidate Mm -hmm. for governor of Florida. So I think this is like his chance to be resilient and sort of bounce back and now serve under the Warren administration as a potential vice president. So I think she's done really good with picking Andrew Gillum as a vice president of the United States. I thought maybe I thought she's going to go towards the other side of putting two women on the ticket like Kamala Harris or her friend Bernie Sanders, maybe. But yeah. Now, to be clear, she hasn't officially picked him. It's just they met and they discussed the potential that he might be her running mate if uh, she won the Democratic nomination. But anyways, so why don't we uh, move to the next story? Uh, So the Democratic debate uh, is coming up. It's coming up this Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure to keep an eye out for a a post-debate reaction. Uh, On one of our episodes, we will have a post-debate reaction. Um, This debate reaction will be uh, will feature uh, 2018 uh, uh, candidate for governor of Kansas, Jack Bergeson. He will be returning to the show to do that. But um, uh, one candidate who is uh, who is slated to be on the debate may be off. Uh, Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard is saying that she may boycott the debate. Uh, Gabbard is one of 12 candidates that qualified for the debate, the others being former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, uh, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, California Senator Kamala Harris, businessman Andrew Yang, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, former U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development Julian Castro, and businessman <clears throat> Tom St- Steyer, sorry, but she may be uh, leave it. She is saying that she might not uh, participate in the debate. Uh, the reason she says she's contemplating it is because uh, of the way the Democratic National Committee the way she claims the Democratic National Committee has unfairly treated Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders and other candidates, um, and the fact that she believes that the last couple debates felt too much like reality TV. Mm. Uh, um, what are your thoughts on Tulsi Gabbard potentially boycotting the next debate? I think uh, since from watching Tulsi Gabbard on the other debates, uh, she has been a candidate that many people like, but a candidate that not many people know very much. Uh, she's a former, well, I believe she's still currently a Congress congresswoman for Hawaii uh, right now. Yes, she uh, is. And as she's running for president, she'd essentially become the first female president. Uh, but I'm not really sure about, uh, I, I, kind, I, I think I kind of get the reality TV thing of how, uh, it could kind of turn into reality TV uh, from just the candidates fighting back and forth and the moderators asking questions, the crowd's reaction. Uh, but I'm not really sure about uh, 
I, I really don't understand why she's contemplating uh, this debate. And is she not going or is she still thinking about it? She says she's still thinking about whether mm-hmm. she's going to boycott it or not. She hasn't said that she will boycott it. She's just saying she's contemplating boycotting it. Hmm. So for the previous debate, uh, that was in September, of course, last month, I remember watching it, and I did not see Tulsi Gabbard on the stage. Now, for me, just thinking about it from that perspective and not even following up with news articles, I thought Tulsi Gabbard had either dropped out of the election, uh, I mean, out of the camp, out of the election, or wasn't in it anymore, or the Democrats just didn't pick her. So for this next debate with all 12 candidates on the stage uh, more than the previous nights with just 10 on one stage and 10 on the other stage for the other night Uh, but I do think this is very interesting and we'll just have to see what happens all right Um, well with that being said uh, let's move on to the next story so tonight well as of tonight right now we're recording this Uh, on Saturday morning, Um, but as of tonight, by the time you listen to this, you'll probably know the results of this race, but as of tonight on Saturday, uh, the first round uh, of, uh, of, uh, or allegedly the first round, uh, potentially the first round for the 2019 Louisiana gubernatorial election will be tonight. Right now, obviously, Louisiana is considered a Republican state. Donald Trump won it by 20 points in 2016. Uh, But currently, they have a Democratic governor named John Bell Edwards, um, and Republicans would like to seat him, would like to unseat him. Um, They are trying to claim that Bell Edwards is an accidental governor, um, and they're hoping to unseat him. Now, in Louisiana, due to bizarre laws, uh, they have a jungle primary law that says that the can- whichever candidates run, um, and any candidate that run it runs ends up on the ballot. There's no party primaries, and then the t- and then if one of the candidates gets to fifty percent on the first ballot, then they just win the election. But if no candidate gets to fifty percent on the first ballot, then there needs to be a special election. So right now, John Bell Edwards is uh, the incumbent governor of Louisiana. Uh, he's hoping to run for re-election. But there are two Republicans that are challenging him. There's Ralph Abramson, uh, the U.S. representative, the congressman. And then there's Eddie Raspone, the businessman. Donald Trump has cross-endorsed both candidates, um, uh, calling... Uh, John Bell Edwards, quote, a Pelosi uh, Clinton lover. Um, he's endorsed both Republicans, Raspone and Abraham. Um, and last night he had them both on the same stage to endorse them. Um, but on top of that, uh, he is also, uh, on top of that, the Louisiana Republican Party has also endorsed both candidates. Um, Mm -hmm. They are hoping that they can prevent uh, Bell Edwards from getting to 50% tonight so that uh, it can be a two-way race and then one of the uh, Democrats running for office can go head – or one of the Republicans running for office can go head-to-head with 
Bell Edwards in uh, November. Um, right now, polling has consistently shown uh, uh, Bell Edwards just under 50%, although some polls have shown him reaching 50%. Most polls show, show him uh, only averaging about 48%. Uh, so it will be interesting to see if he'll be able to get to 50% tonight. And if he's unable to get to 50% tonight, uh, it's going to be interesting uh, seeing whether uh, he can get to uh, whether he can defeat a Republican in November. Um, what are your thoughts on the Louisiana gubernatorial race? Well, I remember reading about that in a NBC News article, and the NBC News article said, uh, Democrats eyeing the race believe they are on the cusp of clearing 50%. A recent Mason-Dixon poll has Edwards at 45% among registered voters with 10% undecided. So I think it's really interesting. And you said the president did endorse them, correct? He endorsed both of the Republicans. He cross-endorsed both of them because his thinking is that he can... His thinking is that he can, um, if he if they get enough votes, uh, then they can stop Bell Edwards from getting the fifty percent, and then uh, during the November runoff, then a Repu- then whichever Republican, Respone or Abraham, uh, gets more votes, then they'll be able to go up against Bell Edwards in November. Hmm. So, and then they're hoping there that. Uh, the Republican will beat them in the, the November election. Oh, I see. So uh, this debate for go- the governorship of becoming the next governor of, I think it's really interesting how uh, former, well, oh, wow. I just realized that uh, Bill Edwards is a Democratic governor. Uh, yes, he's a Democrat. Two, both of the Republicans are the ones that are challenging him. Yeah. Oh, they're challenging him. Okay, so for John Edwards, I think he's going to sort of have to kind of build a technique to beat these two guys who have been essentially endorsed by President Trump, uh, Ralph Abraham and Eddie Rispon. But yeah, this this should be a very interesting election. Uh, It depends on if Louisiana will become a a blue state or red state, depending on this election, and also the alternative election, which is the presidency. Yeah. And just to be clear, uh, right now, um, Democrats, uh, or, or right now, um, Bell Edwards, what, part of what he's doing is uh, he's trying to, he's sort of uh, sort of moving away from the hashtag resist campaign, sort of shying away from that sort of campaign that you've been seeing a lot of Democrats campaign on throughout the country. Uh, due to the fact that he is in a state Donald Trump won by 20 points, um, he's taking more moderate positions on the issue of abortion. He's taken a pro-life stance on the issue of gun control. Uh, he's taken a uh, an anti-gun control stance. Um, so uh, right now he's trying to run, even though he is a Democrat, he is trying to run a more moderate campaign, mm-hmm. uh, as many believe that more liberal stances might hurt his chances in a Republican state. Do you think that that's a winning strategy? I, I, I do think it's a winning strategy. Uh, if Bill Edwards is trying to run, if he, since he is a Democrat, he's trying to run for more moderate strategy. I think he can essentially beat the conservatives uh, at this. 
in other words, the Republicans at this race uh, with the more moderate strategy to beat them. And obviously, we just got the news reporting that President Trump will be holding a last minute rally to boost Republican challenges in Louisiana. Yes, that should be interesting. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, why don't we uh, move on to the next story? So the next story uh, is involving Syria. Donald Trump uh, has announced uh, that uh, he will be pulling out of northern Syria. Um, he announced the news this past week, um, but uh, but right now he is saying uh, that uh, uh, that he. Uh, but right now, this decision is getting. Right now, he's saying that uh, Turkey will take over uh, the battle in Syria. Um, but this is getting mixed reactions from both sides. Um, uh, some Republicans are. Uh, some Republicans and Democrats are happy about this. Others are not. Um, uh, Lindsey Graham is uh, is not happy. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham is not one too happy with this decision, um, saying, uh, "Quote: uh, Every concern I had about President Trump's Syria decision is coming true in spades." He said on Twitter. Uh, he goes on to say, "The reemergence of ISIS is on the way, and if you think uh, only Europe is threatened." You are sadly mistaken. Uh, however, uh, Nikki, uh, he is not the only person uh, on the Republican side to criticize Donald Trump. Uh, uh, Nikki Haley has also uh, attacked Donald Trump. Nikki Haley being Donald Trump's former ambassador to the United Nations, to the sorry to the United Nations, mm-hmm. uh, saying. Um, quote, we must always have the backs of our allies if we expect them to have our back. The Kurds were instrumental in our successful fight against ISIS in Syria. Leaving them to die is a big mistake. Uh, however, other uh, Republicans uh, are delighted uh, by this uh, decision um, with uh, one of them being uh, uh, with one of them being Kentucky Senator uh, uh, Rand Paul, uh, who said that uh, who says that he thinks that Donald Trump is keeping his promise uh, by uh, uh, by getting us out. He says, um, uh, "quote He doesn't want to get involved in another Iraq war in Syria, if anything." Syria is more complicated. The, Quir- the Kurds have been our allies and the allies uh, and are in likelihood to be allies with Bashar al-Assad to try and carve out a place in Syria for themselves. Um, and then he says war is not a chess game. Um, he later went on to say on Twitter that he, was, uh, that he supported Donald Trump's decision uh, to remove troops from northern Syria saying that uh saying that he believes that uh that this is Donald Trump keeping his promise 
What are your thoughts on Donald Trump removing troops from northern Syria and allowing Turkey to take over the battle? So I do, I do remember hearing about that. And I, Syria is one of our allies. And for us to, for President Trump to threaten uh, to level new sanctions against Turkey, uh, but he held back because that was on Friday, punishing the Middle Eastern nation for its brutal offense against the U.S.-allied Syrian government. Uh, I do think these attacks are devastating. Uh, Turkish-led troops made the first significant strategic breakthrough of their invasion of the Kurdish-held region on Syria on Saturday morning, uh, entering a border town that had been the focus of a ground war breaking Turkey Kurdish fighters since Wednesday. That was from a New York Times article reporting this. But I do think this is uh, sort of unprecedented. I don't think this has ever happened before, but it's, it's been a lot of reports about this all over the week. Um, all right. Uh, well, why don't we uh, why don't we move on then? Uh, so another whistleblower is coming out uh, in the uh, Ukrainian uh, scandal. Uh, a second whistleblower is now uh, claim. It's now being claimed that a second whistleblower uh, is. Uh, exists. Um, some people, uh, according to the New York Post, some uh, well, according to some people, there may be another whistleblower. Um, and right now, the House is taking initiative on that. What are your thoughts on the potential that there could be another uh, whistleblower on this case? I did hear about that over this week, and another whistleblower in the Ukrainian call would be very interesting. Because yesterday, I remember one of the I remember one of the UN ambassadors uh, to another country, she testified on Congress, I believe it's for nine or seven hours, and she testified on Capitol Hill, she testified to Congress, she gave a honest testimony while speaking, speaking frankly. And I think this is just very interesting because the impeachment proceedings are starting to be getting ready. Adam Schiff is the House of the Intelligence Committee, and he's getting ready to take all of this up with Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. So this is really interesting. And if another whistleblower does come forward, this could provide more evidence, which would be helpful uh, for the impeachment proceedings. Um, Okay, well, uh, why don't we uh, move on to the next story then? So the next story is involving uh, former U.S. Secretary of State and 2016 Democratic nominee for president Hillary Clinton. After Clinton lost the election in 2016, it was very much thought that her political career could be done, but could she be getting back into the game? Uh, Clinton recently uh, has been uh, expressing interest in a 2020 presidential run. Uh, Donald Trump on Twitter encouraged uh, Clinton to run. Clinton responded by saying, quote, don't tempt me, do your job. Uh, she also uh, was later uh, pressed about Donald Trump's Twitter activity in an interview saying, uh, quote, she, he knows I'd beat him again, uh, indicating they think that she might be running for president. Mm. Do, you, um, do you believe that uh, former U.S. Secretary of State and 2016 Democratic nominee for president Hillary Clinton could be making another presidential run. And what do you make of all this? Uh, 
I, I do think she could be running again. Uh, after the 2016 elections, I thought she was done with politics and she was just going to uh, retire and stay at home. But obviously she is getting back into politics. Uh, of course, this just comes days and weeks after she wrote her new book uh, with her daughter, Chelsea Clinton. But I do think this is very interesting. And uh, for her to attack the president saying, no, you need to do your job, I think that's absolutely correct. But if Hillary Clinton, uh, if she does run as a potential candidate for president of the United States, it's not too late to hop in the elections because uh, it's still 2019 and the elections are recorded to 2020. Uh, So I do think this will be very interesting. And that'll be very interesting in seeing if she'll become the new front runner. Uh, next up against Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren. So it depends, it'll depend on if the Democratic uh, Party picks her to be the candidate again uh, after she was defeated in 2016. All right. Um, well, uh, let us move on. So uh, uh, right now, uh, Donald Trump is announcing his new uh, legal uh, counsel. He announced his attorney. Uh, in the Ukrainian scandal will be uh, former South Carolina Congressman Trey Gowdy. Uh, Gowdy will be Trump's attorney uh, on this case. Uh, As a result, Gowdy lost his position as a contributor on Fox News. Uh, What are your thoughts on Trey Gowdy now being Donald Trump's attorney? Uh, I've recently heard about Trey Gowdy becoming uh, Trump, well, now being Trump's attorney. Uh, I do. I do remember him test. I do remember him asking uh, various questions to witnesses. I believe he did uh, ask one of the Kavanaugh accusers uh, during that time. Uh, but former South Carolina Representative Trey Gowdy is joining to work with President Trump's private legal team. Amen. I do think that this is. I think Trump has picked Gowdy, uh, maybe to stir things up or to kind of. Uh, cause things to go the other way but i'm not really sure about uh mr gowdy not really sure about him Mm. all right well uh let's move on so um so some uh uh the supreme court could be uh back in uh back in or they could be back in play for a new term uh, the Supreme Court recently uh, uh, accepted uh, cases involving uh, uh, involving gay rights, abortion, and guns. Uh, these were recently uh, new uh, uh, positions. That, these were recently new cases that the Supreme Court took. Uh, many believe that these implications could or these could have. Uh, big implications uh, on uh, the uh, Supreme Court. What are your thoughts uh, on uh, the Supreme Court taking on cases involving issues like abortion funds, uh, and gay rights? Uh, I think with the Supreme Court uh, arguing this, as other people have put it, uh, I think it's kind of uh, it's frustrating for them to understand this. Uh, but, yeah, the Supreme Court arguing this once again. Are they arguing it or are they just trying to get it through? Yeah. Um, well, no, they just accepted the cases. That's what they said. They said they accepted mm-hmm. the cases. 
because the Supreme Court has to vote on whether they're going to accept a case or not before they vote on the case. So they just announced that they are going to accept cases involving these issues. Yeah. So I think uh, that with the Supreme Court taking this up and announcing cases uh, on this issue, which is very important to people, um, during the Obama administration, he did allow uh, gay rights to sort of come in. And so I do think this is a very interesting pause as the Supreme Court uh, taking this up and for more of these people to uh, be respected with discriminatory, uh, with, discrimi- with discrimination in the bathroom and other things. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, so the next, uh, the next story is involving Donald Trump's uh, tax returns. Uh, so recently, uh, Manhattan, uh, a Manhattan, uh, the uh, court in Manhattan, prevent uh, stopped Donald Trump from preventing uh, the release of his tax returns. Um, uh, a Manhattan district attorney ruled that that is not, or the uh, that, that that Donald Trump is not able to prevent the release of his tax returns. Donald Trump's still trying to make an appeal uh, to stop that. However, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Donald Trump failing to stop the Manhattan courts from releasing his tax returns? I think it's uh, I think it's good that he's failed uh, to stop Manhattan of really to stop Manhattan of releasing his tax returns. Um, it's illegal for the president to not release his for tax returns, just like it's illegal for a United States citizen to not release their tax returns. And this has been going on for a while. Remember that? Uh, I remember that New York Times article when it came out about Trump's fraud uh, and all the tax and all of that. So uh, I do think the president does need to release his tax returns. I'm not sure what he has to hide, uh, but we'll just have to see. And I guess that'll kick in with the impeachment inquiry. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the next story. Um, so the next story is that Fox News anchor Shepard Smith has announced that he will be stepping down from Fox News. Uh, Shepard Smith announcing um, that after being on Fox News for almost 23 years, uh, he will uh, step down. Uh, what are your thoughts on Shepard Smith uh, stepping down? Well, uh, I, I remember reading that article that day when it came out. Uh, President Trump has continuously attacked uh, Fox News, which is supposedly his favorite channel, and every other channel and news station organization is fake news for him. But uh, Shepard Smith, I'm not sure. Uh, well, I do. I'm, I, I'm not sure why he stepped down. I guess he said it was time for him to go, and he was just down with cable news. Uh, but it's really interesting, and uh, who will be taking his place, and who will like another Sean Hannity, or uh, just other people like Tucker Carlson. I think he was in uh, competition with them on their shows as well. All right. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the next issue. So the next story uh is going to be about uh, the uh, the schedule for the general election debates. We've heard a lot about the Democratic debate, but now we know uh, which debates 
uh, will feature the two candidates, the Republican and the Democrat, running for president. Uh, it's the uh, the Commission on Presidential Debates uh, announced recently what those dates will be. It's expected that Donald Trump will participate in those debates, assuming he wins the Republican nomination, which many expect he will, as uh, the candidacy of uh, Bill Weld, Joe Walsh, and Mark Sanford are considered long shots. Um, so uh, they've announced that it will the first debate will be hosted by the University of Notre Dame uh, in Notre Dame, Indiana, uh, on Tuesday, September 29th, 2020. Uh, the second one will be held in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, uh, and they will host the second. Uh, they will host the vice presidential debate, uh, <laughs> most likely between current U.S. Vice President uh, Mike Pence, who's expected to be renominated as the Republican nominee uh, for vice president, uh, on Wednesday, October seventh, two thousand and twenty. Um, and the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan, will host the second general election debate on Thursday, October 15th, 2020. The third and final general election presidential debate will be hosted by Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, on Thursday, October 22nd, 2020. Um, uh, uh, it is still unknown which, uh, what the format will be or who the moderators will be, but it is no, it, it is known that 9 p.m. Eastern uh, is when uh, is when the uh, debates will be held. There will be no commercial interruptions. The organization has said. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on this uh, announcement of uh, of the debate, the general election debate schedule? Uh, I think it's really interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think it'll be really interesting to see former Vice President Joe Biden on the stage with former, what's well, current Vice President Mike Pence. I think that'll be an interesting argument, depending on if, if those two get into a, a political argument, uh, depending on their perspectives. Also, for the presidential uh, general election, I'm really curious to see uh, who will be on that stage as far as if the Democratic Party picks their candidate by then. But I'm really curious. And if Trump does not uh, win the Republican, if the Republicans do not pick Trump to be the Republic, the president for 2020, I think it'll be very interesting on who they will pick, depending on the previous uh, runs with Bill Weld and other Republicans who are running up against Trump. Now, right now, I believe most pundits are predicting that Donald Trump will win the mm-hmm. nomination due to the lack of name recognition by uh, candidates like Bill Weld and Joe Walsh and Mark Sanford, um, and uh, the and also the um, the incumbency factor for Donald Trump. Um, although it's not out of the question, it's not out of the question. Um, but right now, a lot of pundits. I uh, do predict it is a long shot, um, but uh, anyways, um, uh, what do you think about uh, um, what do you think about the uh, the format that we're based on what we've heard so far? Uh, based on the format that I've heard so far, uh, basically, if Trump does win and the Republicans do pick him, 
to be the 2020 presidential uh, candidate for the presidency of the United States on the Republican side. I think this will be a, a very interesting election depending on how he will uh, attack the Democrats. So like if Elizabeth Warren is picked, that'll be very interesting to see how he attacks her or whoever the Democratic candidate may be. All right. Um, well, why don't we move on to the next story? Uh, so um, a Fox News poll is now showing that a record number of uh, people in the country now support uh, impeaching President Trump. Uh, for many months, uh, nonpartisan polls had shown that impeachment uh, over the Russia investigation was an unpopular uh, prospect. Um, but right now, uh, President Trump is, um, right now, uh, polls from Fox News uh, indicate that uh, support for impeachment has risen. Uh, back in July 2019, uh, Fox News reported that only 42% of people that their poll wanted uh, Donald Trump impeached and removed. However, right now, 51% uh, of Fox News uh, contributors uh, believe, that, uh, people who participate in Fox News's poll believe that uh, Donald Trump should be impeached and removed. What are your thoughts on those numbers? Uh, I'm actually looking at the numbers right now. I do remember my friend and I, we had a conversation about it, and we were just looking at the charts. Uh, but there's another one under there. It's 4% are, want Trump impeached, but they do not want him removed. And I think that'll be really interesting on Trump running as an impeached president uh, and saying that the Democrats, they tried to impeach me, but they had nothing on me, and then just sparking up other uh, co- political conflicts. So I think that'll be very interesting. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next uh, story. Uh, so the next story uh, is involving uh, the November uh, debates for the Democrats. Uh, as you know, the next debates will have slightly higher requirements um, if you want to get on those debate stages. Um, so far, three more candidates have uh, participated for the November debate, Democratic debate. Those three candidates are businessman Andrew Yang, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, and businessman Tom Steyer. Uh, they join a plethora uh, of other candidates, uh, uh, including former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, and California Senator Kamala Harris, all of which have qualified for this debate. What are your thoughts on uh, Yang, Booker, and Steyer all qualifying for the November debate? I think those are really good people. Uh, Tom Steyer, former businessman, oh, current businessman, he's been working on getting on the next debate stage. Uh, but just by watching his ads for calling for impeachment, and the president's uh, xenophobic remarks and his rhetorical comments towards migrants and other uh, different people in the United States, causing them to cause devastating attacks as he so wishes. Uh, But I do think these are very interesting people, and I do think seeing all of them on one stage and qualifying for the next debate, it's it's a good thing. 
All right. So I think those are all the stories I have today. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add to anything? Uh, no. All right. So before you go, do you want to tell people where you can be found and where they can listen to your podcast and where you can be found on social media? So, yes, uh, my podcast is the Jeremiah Patterson Show. Once again, you can listen to it on Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, or anywhere you like to listen to your podcasts. Uh, I do not have any social media except for my YouTube channel, which is the Jeremiah Patterson Show. And you can listen to lots of our videos on there. And I also do reporting every Saturday. All right. Thank you again for joining me, sir. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Our political system is completely broken and dysfunctional. There are giant pipes clogged with money, billions of dollars, and there's nothing most anyone can do about it. He's gone from a virtual unknown to a key player in the Democratic primary. Who is Andrew Yang, the young entrepreneur who is shaking up the political conversation? The candidates. Donald Trump has got to be defeated, and I intend to do everything that I can with every other progressive in America, making sure that that happens. Their stories. We got a real opportunity to build something. And their fight for the White House. Keep America great! Exclamation point. Keep America great. This is Presidential Profile 2020. At that inflection moment, where were you? This is that moment. It's our job to remind the American people that we're looking out for them. So all of you, showing the country how you do this. The special interests and the powerful have such an outsized influence and outcome to restore our democracy. Andrew Yang was born on the 13th of January, 1975 in Schenectady, New York, the son of immigrants from Taiwan. Yang's parents worked at the GE factory in upstate NY. Both of his parents got together at the University of California, Berkeley. His father perused physics, which his mother became an artist. Yang has stated very few Asians attended his public school. Yang claims this led to bullying and harassment on the basis of his race. Yang says this led to him being more accepting of the underdog. Yang would later being accepted into the elite boarding school Phillips Exeter Academy in New Hampshire. He would later attend Brown University and later Columbia Law School. Who said we never knew that capitalism was going to get eaten by its son, technology. After graduating, Yang worked for Davis Polk and Wardwell a law firm in New York City before launching Skarjiving.com in 2000. The site garnered interest from some investors, though it eventually collapsed in 2001. Yang later became vice president to MNF Systems, Inc., a healthcare software company. He worked there before teaming up with longtime friends Eat Vanderhoek to start Manhattan Prayer, a company designed to help students study for exams. In 2006, Yang became CEO at the request of Vanderhoek. The company grew to 69 locations before being acquired by Kaplan Inc. in 2009. Yang remained leader until 2012. Shortly after, Yang founded Venture for America. Are you ready to build something? 
Are you ready to make a real impact at a startup? Are you ready to join a supportive community of entrepreneurs who are changing American cities? Do you thrive under pressure and have a history of just getting things done? Good. Meet Venture for America. The company designed to assist aspiring entrepreneurs in the real world. The group expanded to multiple major cities throughout the nation. In 2011, it was reported the company had earned Yang over $6 million. A documentary called Generation Startup was released about the group's success. Yang resigned as CEO in 2017. I'm running for president because America is going through the greatest technological and economic transition in human history. In 2017, Andrew Yang announced his candidacy for president in 2020. Yang registered to run as a Democrat. Yang's campaign went largely unnoticed by the public, with most major pollsters not including him in national polling. However, in 2019, Yang gained national attention for his support for universal basic income. Universal basic income is a policy where every citizen in a country gets a certain amount of money, free and clear, to do whatever they want. So my plan, the Freedom Dividend, would give every American adult $1,000 a month, $12,000 a year, starting at age 18. This would create millions of jobs around the country and would allow families and individuals to help manage uh, this historic transition that we're in. The idea would give every law-abiding citizen in America over the $18,000 a month. Yang started appearing on CNN town halls as well. Yang is a self-proclaimed progressive, and supports military non-interventionism, as well as Medicare for all. Despite this, he has gained some support from former Trump supporters, and was controversially endorsed by white supremacist Richard Spencer, to which Yang condemned. Yang has since qualified for the debates and according to Emerson College, is polling at 3% nationally. Now, he hopes to be America's first Asian American president. At, uh, it doesn't seem like the Democrats have been with the working class people like, like him, and that's his perception. Um, but I got the same uh, perception from union workers here in New Hampshire. For more deeper looks into the candidates, Keep it right here on Politics Weekly for more presidential profiles 2020.